listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. On this week in pharmacy, I want to bring up a subject that you may not think a lot about. We talk about clinical aspects. We talk about advocacy, pharmacy, benefit manager, reform, PBM reform. But have you ever thought about the design of your pharmacy? Have you ever thought about the way that your pharmacy looks, the perception that you're giving off? And here's the thing. Competitiveness, retail competitiveness, consumerism, and, and what your consumer feels and thinks about when they walk into your pharmacy is very important in the aesthetics and the design of this. I met someone who is um, just a phenomenal uh, designer who uh, came from the engineering field. And I want to introduce you to, if you don't already know, uh, Fiona Sertoretto. Cer is that how I say it? Yes. Sartoretto Verna. Verna. Very difficult. Yeah, I know. It's, I say Fiona. <laughs> it's easy. Yes. Um, but you've been in pharmacy design um, for how many years now? Like when did you? When did your family start this company? Oh my gosh, it was uh, 1965 uh, with my grandfather. So 58 years ago, he started the legacy. It's incredible. But. Why would a young person, lots of young people, like I, I have three daughters, I actually have four daughters and uh, Tyler works for me. She's my stepdaughter, but I've always wanted one of my children to desire to be part of the family business, right? And none of them want to, except of course, Tyler is probably going to be the only one that, that actually sticks <laughs> to it. But what was it about you at a young age, as a teenager, as a young 20 year old that you looked at your family's business and you're like, Hey, I want to be part of this. Uh, in truth, it's uh, more complicated because uh, I have a burn uh, inside uh, all the pharmacists. Uh, I, I want to explain better. Uh, the first office uh, uh, Sartoretto Vernaez was uh, at home. Uh, and so I have pharmacies coming Christmas time, Easter time, uh, during the weekend, in the night, because of course, during the day, uh, they have the pharmacy open. So I always have been surrounded by pharmacists. I have this influence from when I was little, me and my brother, because my brother and I, we are the third generation right now, and he's the CEO of the company. So uh, in truth, uh, when I grew up, I say, I don't want to work with pharmacists <laughs> <laughs> for this reason. And, uh, and I took my degree in Rome of architecture. Then um, as my grandfather, the one that started everything, was born uh, in Wyoming, and I feel this uh, something is waiting me in the US, you know? So I after my degree, I decided to come and work uh, in the US. And I passed three years in South Carolina doing the archi arch architect for uh, big villa, for um, uh, interior, everything. And there I uh, start to learn uh, all the market because, of course, uh, I, I check the pharmacy. And when I come back, my father told me, Fiona, now it's time <laughs> you, you join the company. And I start little by little, step by step, because 
already at that time, I was very young, I was 24 eh, when I came back, uh, from all over the world, a pioneer owner pharmacist contact us. So one from uh, the Saudi Arabia, uh, one from Russia, uh, one from Hong Kong. And so I was the only one of the family and the office was growing up that learn English. And so I start to answer and start to travel. So everything started like this. Um, the passion was inside my blood already. And uh, right now also I'm a fiancé with a pharmacist owner that owns seven pharmacies and all his family is a pharmacist. So I'm really surround all the time. And uh, so it's a passion that grow. And um, you know, Todd, what uh, is fun? Uh, it's fun to... Uh, traveling around and visit so many pharmacies and each country have points that are the same, but in the same time, cultural thing, like when you are in the States, it's very different to work in New Jersey yeah, or in exactly. Florida or in Wyoming or in Kentucky, you know? So I love this, uh, the different culture. Uh, a little bit uh, in US, uh, we have the culture of the chain, but what makes important every independent pharmacy is uh, to differentiate itself. Yes. So uh, what I like to do through my design is uh, to create this uh, differentiation that it doesn't mean to bring uh, Italian <laughs> in the US, but uh, to bring uh, out uh, what is uh, what we call the genius loci is a latin word that means uh, the soul of the location of the place so when i started to design a pharmacy wherever it is i make uh, a long uh, check list a long talk with the uh, pharmacists that are involved in the project because i think the pharmacy belongs to them belong to you not to an architect. The architect can bring the expertise and what he pick up in the market to help you uh, to uh, make that your investment grow. We want the pharmacy grow in the market. And sometimes the pharmacy's owner is too busy is not a business man because he's a scientist. And so uh, I can bring, uh, I can support this uh, uh, with my passion, with my expertise, uh, and maybe with my Italian design, uh, this. Well, I tell you, when I look at these designs, there is nothing at average about this. None of this, none of these pharmacy pictures that we're seeing, and you have thousands of pictures, but these, I mean, I'm showing nine pictures that we have. None of them look like a traditional pharmacy and they really stick out. And when I would walk into this organ, you know, this location or this location or any of them, I'd want to be there. Like I'd want to almost like go there to look at the design and, and be, um, if I had to wait for my prescription at a place like this, you know, it would be much different than, um, than just being at a, at kind of one of those typical pharmacies that are very boring looking that have like the shelves and the you know not really like this beautiful design um what how do you come up with these designs and the passion to really transform a space into something that draws people in 
it's a it's a huge of a study uh, you know like uh, uh, you a pharmacy owner that continue to study to update uh, uh, the knowledge of what they do is the same for us architects. Of course, material change. Uh, right now, we are going toward the sustainability uh, to the green materials to try to make the world better. So it's a continuity invest to study, uh, to form ourselves, uh, uh, thanks to our team uh, that is uh, great and sustain us uh, all the time. And uh, so it's a big effort. Uh, it's the same effort that the pharmacy owner does in his work. Uh, and the, the result uh, are this uh, atmosphere uh, because the goal is uh, to create a pharmacy where people feel good. Okay, the pharmacy owner and the team is the one that translates this in reality with the support, the prevention, and all uh, what uh, the pharmacist does. Uh, and we, as architects, specialize in pharmacy because. Uh, I think my firm, my company, Sartorito Venna, is the only one that works all over the world. Mm -hmm. Right now, Todd, we are in 48 different countries. Yes. So it's a lot. <laughs> so, uh, and this means uh, every time I travel, I go, I visit a pharmacy, of course. Yes. Uh, this is why LinkedIn, the article, Safari pharmacies and stuff, pick up very much interest. Yes. No? Because the people want to see what's going on uh, outside yep. uh, the the picture you show are pharmacy that are welcoming this is a, uh, so uh, what i want to transmit the people that are listening right now is you need for the 2024 to have a pharmacy vision my pharmacy vision is a place of wellness well-being bright, welcoming, where the people want to stay more. Because stay more, it's equal more profits. Because maybe they will buy something in the front end. The front end have not to be uh, like a pharmacy chain, no? And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I criticize uh, uh, a lot of pharmacy that sell huge gifts uh, or merchandise. Uh, I know that they have a high margin of this. But uh, for me, the pharmacy have to be pharmacy, mm. a health place where the patient can find specific product specialized for the wellness and prevention of their patient. So the look, the atmosphere, the architecture is a result of this. So we study the flow, we study the planogram, the category. How many times, Todd, we go in an American pharmacy and there is no communication? Yep. But if you add communication, interior communication means that if I come by myself, immediately I can find what I'm looking for. This helps in profits, help to don't create a long line. No, sometimes many clients contact me and say, oh, my problem is that all the pharmacy staff and the people from outside doesn't want to come in because they don't want to wait. 
yeah, this is a problem of layout, a problem to optimize the space in the way that they, you know, nobody wants to wait. Stand up. It's better to have something to look, something to buy, shopping, or stay in a place that is comfortable, is cozy. So this is what uh, we try to do all the time. So if I'm a far, let's say I'm a pharmacy owner. I know I want to redesign my store. I want it to be drastically different. I can see how your clients might get in the way of their perception of a new design versus some of these designs that you've done that are so radical and so different. So how do you get your clients to trust you? Uh, of course, uh, uh, my work is a word of mouth. So uh, what I'm here is because uh, uh, a lot of people is not only, oh, it's a beautiful pharmacy. The pharmacy is an investment because cost to remodel a pharmacy. But if after this profit come back and uh, come back not only as money uh, in your pocket, but come back also as a professionalism. So uh, the pharmacy you see in the picture are pharmacy where we create a brand, where we create something totally different. But this is based on a strict checklist, a meeting that we do with the owners. And there are a lot of questions before to arrive to a project. So if you told me, Fiona, I like uh, to have an atmosphere ancient, uh, an atmosphere of uh, old America. I will not design uh, a skyscraper, <laughs> super modern, aesthetic, uh, full of lights uh, and dancing disco pharmacy. No, of course, the roots uh, of the owner that talk with us give us uh, the uh, pathway to take uh, when we design. It's incredible. All right. So um, if someone wants to engage and in, in work with you, what's the best way to start that? Should they have an, a perceived plan? So they just call you right away? Like what are the steps in, in redesigning a pharmacy? I think first is uh, uh, to read my book, okay. to read the articles that are in our website, www.sartoretoverna.com. Uh, to read about us uh, because uh, uh, a lot of people, a lot of pharmacy owners came and they already know me, no? so they know. And uh, so it's easier to talk uh, about this. So to be prepared, uh, you can contact uh, me on uh, through the website, our contact form, and we will send you a box like the one uh, I bring you today. Yes. Uh, with the fantastic Italian chocolate uh, and uh, there is our catalog uh, because it's not only the design it's also that uh, we in the years uh, we produce and we realize uh, fixtures that are only for pharmacy so are uh, fixtures that we design and in exclusive we produce uh, but are the result of talk and talk and error, mistake, and come back with the pharmacist owner. And, uh, you know, uh, this is very important. So for me, the best is uh, to be informed. What I mean? Uh, to remodel a pharmacy is a fantastic journey. 
but uh, you need to believe it. So I don't want uh, people uh, uh, that uh, uh, don't have the same vision. We need to have the same vision. What is a vision? It's a goal. Mm -hmm. So you have a goal. So it's a question. As a pharmacy owner, what is your vision for the next five years? Because uh, the pharmacy in the US that I saw a lot are like uh, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. same gondolas, same layout. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, you know, you are claim, uh, you are complaining, sorry, uh, that the things are not going like you wish, but you need to do something. It's the same for uh, my company, you know? If uh, things don't work out, we switch the marketing people. If the things uh, and advertising don't work, you switch. So you need to try to switch the way in what you use your front end, or you use because uh, some pharmacy I don't see any front end at all and yep. it's a treasure. Yep. All right. So if you're listening uh, to this week in pharmacy and you want to learn more, the very first thing that you should do is go to Amazon and search for "Do You Speak Pharmacy." Uh, this is the book that Fiona was referencing: the secret ingredients to creating a five-star pharmacy where people feel good and people want to go. That's the attraction. And, and, and it's all part of the philosophy um, um, than just um, building a new pharmacy. Once again, um, do you speak pharmacy? Go find that on Amazon. It is available um, right now. Um, Five-star reviews, an amazing book. Um, Fiona, I have been um, privileged and honored that you came uh, to, um, to Pennsylvania, to Brownsville, Pennsylvania, um, Little Brownsville from Italy. Um, so much appreciate you being here, and um, I can't wait to have you back so that we can talk. What I, the next interview that we do, I want to have a previous client of yours uh, come on the show with us. We can pipe them in. You can come in from wherever you are, and let's talk about the whole process of what they went through, how they were thinking, and then their experience, and then what the outcome was of of having this new environment for the sure, for the people. Sure, fantastic. Yes. All right. Yes, and uh, of course you are welcome. Everybody is welcome to come in Rome, Italy. I know it's a long trip, but it's worth it. Not only for Sartoretto Vernet quarters, uh, but uh, I can bring you to the, one of the oldest ancient pharmacies in Europe. That is beautiful. So there are so many things uh, to see related to pharmacy that are the roots in everybody's story. And uh, we can uh, visit it together. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Sure. Well, thank you for being on This Week in Pharmacy. Thank you to listening to this segment. Uh, once again, uh, Fiona, uh, look up the book, uh, Do You Speak Pharmacy? But thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thank you to everyone. All right, we'll catch you soon. Bye. Ciao. Hey there, pharmacists and pharmacy owners. Welcome back to another episode of Darshan Talks with your host, Darshan Kulkarni. I have over 25 years of experience as a pharmacist and over 20 years of experience as a lawyer focused on FDA regulatory law and compliance. Yet, this isn't clinical advice, nor is it legal advice. But we will explore the legal crossroads of the pharmacy world and clinical research today. Today, we're pulling back the curtain on a shocking case of clinical trial fraud by pharmacists. This could leave your good name and license in tatters. So buckle up because this isn't just another boring regulatory lecture. 
So the Department of Justice recently cracked down on a Miami medical clinic embroiled in a clinical trial scandal. Miguel Montalvo Villa, clinic owner, and his pharmacy technician accomplice, Yvette Portela Martinez, cooked up a concoction of lies and falsified data. They enrolled ineligible patients, fake lab results, and even fabricated medical records, all to swindle money from pharmaceutical companies. They may have pocketed a cool quarter million, but their gamble landed them with prison sentences and a permanent black mark on their reputations. So what does this mean for you, the honest pharmacist or pharmacy owner? Do you think that this shady stuff can't happen to you? Think again, because pharmacies play a crucial role in clinical trials. As some of you already know, we are often entrusted to handle drug dispensing and patient monitoring. One lapse in judgment, one misguided corner cut, and you could find yourself swept up in a nightmare. So let's face it, navigating the complex web of clinical trial regulations can be a headache, and that's where we at the Kulkarni Law Firm come in to help. So here are five ways I can actually help you. I can dissect your current operations and pinpoint vulnerabilities as part of a clinical trial compliance review. Obviously, the goal is to spot issues before they turn into a full-blown scandal. You might have contracts that are drafted by pharmaceutical giants. I can help with contract negotiations and drafting, and I can help show that your interests are protected, leaving minimal room for ambiguity or exploitation unless it's in your best interest. I can also work with your staff and help with uh, tools that they're going to need to navigate clinical trials ethically and safely so I can help with employee training and development. I can actually be asked to develop customized training programs and again, work on creating the right procedures. Are you confused by FDA regulations? My goal is often to demystify the jargon and guide you through every step via regulatory guidance and representation. The goal is obviously keeping you compliant and confident. If all this doesn't work and if you still have the unthinkable happen, I'll be by your side. I'll be building a rock solid defense to protect your license and reputation. So don't gamble with your future. Let me be your legal guardian in this labyrinth of clinical trials. Go to KulkarniLawFirm.com, ask for a free consultation. Remember, when it comes to your pharmacy's reputation, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of prison bars. So again, thanks for joining us today. And on this week in pharmacy, I want to bring in a friend of mine, someone I met through the pharmacy industry in 2015. Nicole McClure is the founder of GRX Marketing, but that's not what today's podcast interview is about today. We're going to be talking about a new service that she's launching called Finch Marketing, which is an organization that's going to be concentrating on the business um, and businesses that support pharmacy and how to help you as a business communicate better to pharmacies in specific sectors. Whereas we're talking about community, we're talking about long-term care, even specialty. Nicole, it's so good to see you. You too. Thanks for having me on. I know. Happy new year. What's, what's, yeah. I know you're in, you're in the, you're in Snowmageddon out there. Yeah. In <laughs> we're in the frozen tundra in the Midwest. So it's, it's great. <laughs> um, no, happy to be here. We have, um, a little splattering of snow in the Pittsburgh area. You have more like 24 inches of snow. Um, it's just part of what we go through in the winter. But um, this time of year, Nicole, is all about prepping um, for um, for the new year and, and what's to come. And in 2024 specifically is a year of healing and a, he and a year of growth um, for our independent community pharmacies. It's also a year of growth um, from a standing um, a policy creations, um, the, the, the standing of pharmacists as providers, give our um, listeners who might not know GRX marketing and your background, just a little bit of your background that we can build upon. And then I want to dig into Finch marketing. 
Yeah, for sure. So as you mentioned, uh, I started GRX Marketing in 2010. Um, here in Des Moines, I worked for a pharmacy group that owned pharmacies in the central Iowa area, handling their marketing. And then from there, just saw an opportunity to offer marketing services to independent pharmacies. Um, a lot of them struggle with marketing, just what to do or how to do it. Um, so that's where we come in and we offer a full suite of solutions to help them from online digital uh, website creation to strategic planning, consulting, giving them ideas, things like that. So that's kind of where Pinch grew out of doing GRX for 14 years now. Um, so lots of experience in the industry. It is. And it, it makes sense that we now have an organization that is going to help businesses tailor messaging specific to pharmacy owners and then be able to take what they're good at and place it into things like blogging, um, video creation, podcasting, um, and being able to kind of amplify what they're doing. Um, talk to us about that evolution between uh, GRX marketing and Finch marketing. Yeah, so we've been doing B2B marketing for some businesses within the industry for a long time, actually, five or six years, probably. But then as we've gotten uh, approached by more and more companies, uh, again, just kind of saw an opportunity of like, let's separate this, make, you know, GRX truly working with the independent pharmacies. We do a great job of that, but let's separate into Finch marketing to kind of create that distinction, but also open ourselves up to working with other types of um, industries or companies still within the healthcare industry, um, taking our expertise of what we know, what works for what we've been doing, but just kind of have that more defined separation. The type of services that I'm excited in, and this is kind of a special announcement. This is the first podcast that we're talking um, about Finch Marketing and our arrangement. But I uh, flew out to uh, Des Moines and got to meet um, uh, Nicole and her team at your headquarters. It was a disastrous reverse trip <laughs> that I don't want to talk about. But just so listeners know how crazy it was when I set up my flight, I flew myself from Des Moines to Pittsburgh and then from Pittsburgh to Des Moines, and that's exactly what my ticket was. So when I got to the airport, um, the um, the part that I don't know how I got through security, but the person at the desk said, "You're you're in Pittsburgh, but you're supposed to be in Des Moines right now, flying to Pittsburgh." So um, that's just don't allow Todd Yuri to set up his own travel because I'll end up somewhere I'm not supposed to be. Um, but when we met, what I was excited about is. Podcasting's terrific. I, I, of course, I love it. We've been doing it for 15 years. What it misses is the, it's a secondary source of content. Podcasting should never, and this is coming from me, the podfather of pharmacy, should never <laughs> be the primary source of content. It should be a secondary amplifier to allow your consumer, whether that's your patients, if you're you know, in, in long-term care pharmacy, you're trying to communicate to maybe some nurses or some physicians or even coaching a family member about something that their loved one is going through. Um, you should you should bring in the source. You should bring in the journal article. You should bring in the blog, the white paper, and then podcast so that you can extend it, so you can humanize it, so people can hear that cadence in your voice and the passion in your voice. So what I'm excited about is Finch and the Pharmacy Podcast Network are going to put together 
um, some accelerating amplifying packages for businesses to take advantage of digital ad campaigns, social media management. Uh, we're going to jump into trade show um, event displays, logo branding, and also press releases, which is so important. There's an element of public relations that I've learned from relationships that we've had with Ashfield Communications, um, AMC Media Group, uh, Finn Partners, for example, that I've been like, wow, public relations is kind of its own animal. So to have that as a part of Finch marketing is so important that we can blend it with content creation and some other things. So talk to our listeners um, about some of the services that we're going to be focused on. Yeah, so you brought out a couple of the strong ones. Um, the press release, I think, is an untapped market, especially for businesses, B2B marketing. Um, you know, everybody tends to just go digital and what can we do and how can we get our name out through a website, social media, which again, are great resources, but back to your point, it can't be the only resource. So um, doing a press release, a lot of times, you know, people will, publications will pick up the article. It's just, you got to put in that, that effort. So that's where we come in um, of writing the press release, but also doing the legwork of sending it out and following up for the client. Uh, Cause it is a lot of work. And I think that's sometimes why people just don't get invested in it. Uh, the other thing would be social media. Um, and really tapping into the the use of LinkedIn and company pages and connecting with people all through LinkedIn. I think it's a very powerful thing. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn in the industry. Um, but again, you know, we're finding that businesses that come to us don't take advantage of, of LinkedIn. They maybe have a company page, but it hasn't been posted to, you know, in three to six months. Yeah. We're also seeing too is that they may be post to it, but it's all salesy. Um, and so it's LinkedIn is like any other social media where you you want to have educational information about your company or just what's going on in the industry, mixing it up with just sales uh, posts because you're going to not have a long-term audience. If all you're doing is constantly selling to them, they're just going to stop paying attention. So that's where, again, with our services, like we do with GRX, we take care of the legwork, writing all the, the copy for social media, um, website design, blogging, all of that. So we take care of it for the client and then execute it as much as we can. Another point I want to make, if, if you're an organization, you're listening right now, you sell um, complex services to pharmacy owners. Um, in any sector, long-term care, community, specialty, maybe mixed bags, compounding. We have subject matter expertise in each of those categories to be able to construct messaging um, in any of the forms that we're talking about to really parallel what you've already invested in as a um, organization who may not have strength around um, marketing to a specific sector of pharmacy. Um, I, I also want to make the point, if you are a pharmaceutical manufacturer or a, de a medical device organization who has the legalese teeth uh, that is always watching over your shoulder and compliancy to do what is um, best for the organization so that you don't get into any kind of publishing uh, trouble, we have all of that pedigree behind us as well as parts of our teams now so that if um, you're rolling out um, a new medication um, and you want to get community pharmacies to understand what it does. 
we can build an entire campaign that gives you a clinical, a business, and an execution idea in in multiple parts uh, to to accelerate it and then to bring it to our audience. Our audience, Nicole, has been pharmacies in in all of the sectors that I'm mentioning um, between the two of us for um, you know over 30, 40 years. So I think that it's interesting, and this is the time with what's happening in 2024, especially with our industry really um, in, a, in a growth surge and spurt coming away from just per, uh, dispensing and now getting into services that are cash-based, now getting into services that are more uh, treatment-driven, that parallel a primary treatment and now uh, surround their um, their their pharmacies and their their pharmacy patients with these types of programs and services. So, talk to us about um, some of the other things. What I find is interesting that I don't know anything about that is a strength of Finch Marketing is the world of video editing and creation, as well as um, the term geofencing. So, talk to us about both of of, of how a business could utilize um, those two aspects of, of content uh, development in publishing. Yeah, so with video, um, you know, it's a powerful way to communicate your message across social media. I would say, especially if you've got a more complex product, you know, just to refer back to pharmacies, we encourage them to do video when you're talking about dispensing or medication packaging or strip packaging, because the average consumer doesn't really know what that means. So having a quick video about or showing the actual packaging system can speak volumes. So translating that to B2B marketing, same situation if you're, you know, have a product that is new to the market. Um, I think the the independent pharmacy market or just any market really is probably hard to break into for somebody new within the industry. Um, so having that video either to showcase your product or like we're doing now of having a conversation about something it humanizes the brand. It lets people really connect with who you are as the business owner or working for a certain business um, and helps build that trust with about your company and your service. So, you know, we've taken raw video. Somebody will, will shoot something and um, we'll take it and edit it and make it look nice and professional and all of that. And then again, handle the execution of putting it on different social media platforms, websites, things like that. And it's also something that you can use at, at trade shows and other type of live events. Um, for geofencing, we've been doing that several years uh, in the pharmacy industry. And basically what geofencing is, is you're able to put a, a virtual fence around any business, um, trade show, which is what we use it a lot in Finch marketing, um, basically a, a competitor of Walgreens or CVS. And what happens is when somebody goes, walks into that fence, they're served an ad through about 40,000 different mobile apps. Uh, and that's done through your location-based services uh, turned on on your phone, which about 92% of people have turned on uh, just because a lot of apps don't function without it. So um, it will serve an ad through Candy Crush, Solitaire, uh, CNN, mobile website, you know, kind of anywhere and everywhere that you're going to get your news or games or things like that. And the nice thing is, is you can not only target a certain business or a show or whatnot, you can also get very granular if you wanted to target um, maybe an executive at a hospital or, or something like that. So if you're selling a product that 
is really geared towards hospital pharmacy or or whatnot. You can can get that granular now where the ad would only be served to certain people with uh, like a president title or whatnot. So the great thing is, is that we can get that data too of, okay, they got served the ad, then they clicked on it to go to your website. Um, if it's something where like with a pharmacy, we're, we're serving it to they go to a competitor, we can also see if they come into the pharmacy after getting the ad. So get a lot of great data, which I know, you know, people in the industry love because marketing sometimes is such a, a great thing of did it work? Did it not work? Well, here we can get those real-time results and see if it did. And it also allows you to change up creative on the fly. So if you're running a geofencing campaign and say it's not working or another opportunity came along, you know, we can switch switch out the ad, make it updated in real time. And there's no downtime from having the campaign continue to run. So it's been very effective for us and our clients. I'm excited. Um, we're going to be working closer with Finch um, than we did in the past with purposeful campaigns around some of our clients and customers. Um, I'm also excited about the trade show. I want to stop for a second and, and just mention to our listeners regarding trade shows. Trade shows are crazy expensive. And if you don't have a pre and post plan that really amplifies and takes into account um, the the leads that you developed while you're at the trade show, instead of buying those squeezy balls and the giveaways, although sometimes that that can or cannot be effective, if you invest in additional services that will um, blend what happened at the trade show with some of your own messaging so that your leads receive something in email form or something out on social media that takes everything that was happening at that trade show in the form of interviews, in the form of blog follow-up, in the form of pieces of content that take your presence, then it's going to do a lot more for you than just coming back from a trade show and then reaching out to those leads in more of a traditional phone and email manner. And that's important too. It's it's mm -hmm. the basics. But I'm talking about taking this up to a whole nother level. Um, what trade shows are you? I know we're going to the APHA this year. We'll probably return to Profit Summit Live, um, Diversify RX. I think we'll be going to um, Idea Share through McKesson. And I know we'll go, be going back to the NCPA, National Community Pharmacists Association. What other shows are, are we going to be at that we can kind of shout out to our listeners about connecting with us? Uh, probably the Assembia show That's in right. the end of April. So, and then... Um, yeah, I think that's the only show for Finch, so. Excellent. All right, well, what else uh, do you want to tell our listeners about Finch um, as, we're, as we're wrapping up? Yeah, I think just excited for the partnership, Todd. I know that you and I have talked about this off and on over the years, so excited to have something together and just share with our audience. Um, and just, I think that we make it easy for the marketing, you know, we with the Finch uh, side, putting together a marketing plan for the business, um, really just giving them direction. I think a lot of times with with marketing, when you're, especially if you're new to the industry, it's you want to do all of this stuff at once, um, but you have to kind of take things in a step-by-step -step process so you're not overwhelming the audience. And again, it takes time to build that trust. So we put the plan together for you guys, but then also executing it as well. 
Um, we found this to be really effective, especially for kind of that small, medium-sized business that maybe doesn't have somebody on their team to really handle marketing. Again, just like with pharmacies, it kind of becomes that afterthought of, well, I'll do it after I get this done or after I you know, do this, when in reality, you should be doing it right from the get-go. Um, so yeah, just having that partnership of being able to promote the podcast part as part of our services and vice versa, I think is going to be a, a powerful combination. Agreed. I also want to say to those marketing directors out there, the VPs of marketing out there, try this in a campaign that you've already planned. If you have mm -hmm. a campaign coming out in March, you have a campaign coming out April, May, reach out to us and allow us to amplify and become part of that campaign. Well, we're not necessarily designing anything new, but we're putting all of our resources behind it so that you can get so much more out of your campaign than what you might be doing by yourself. As I always say, hashtag together RX, uh, we can yeah. do more. Um, and, um, but I'm excited. So thank you so much for putting this together, uh, Nicole. Um, a shout out to the GRX marketing team. We're going to be working with GRX marketing as well in 2024. But this special opportunity to infuse the Pharmacy Podcast Network into um, Finch's strategies and knowledge is so important. It's important to us too, because we are in desperate need of marketing services ourselves. <laughs> so we're going to be relying on Finch to help um, boost messaging through the Pharmacy Podcast Network as well. So thank you. Thank you.